Time of prosperity. It's not always easy. It's not always peacetime. And we struggle with that, don't we? We feel that it should always be easy. Everything should be flowing. That there should never be any cloudy days or rainy days. It just should be sunny all the time. But you and I know, especially those of us who've been around the block a few times, you never grow the most on the sunny days. When it's a sweltering 95 degrees outside, we complain. The memory of a cold, snowy winter is long gone. When you're in a new season of your life, you forget about the past seasons of stormy turmoil. Sometimes that means you forget about God, too. Today, we'll see why in rain or sunshine, God must remain at the center of our lives. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3 with part one of his message entitled Beauty, Eternity, Mystery, and Reality. The craze today on the television set is what's called the reality TV show. How many of you guys watch reality TV? It's all right. You're in church. You got to be honest. You know, we were taking a picture from the back of everyone who's watching reality. I'm I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. Reality TV show is popular today. And what's interesting is if research is an amazing thing because people end up researching almost everything because it keeps people working and all these things. And so I actually was reading some research about how what people enjoy on the television set, how it speaks about their culture. And it was amazing. It was tracking the television set and the popular shows from the television's inauguration until today. And it was some of the different things that they pulled out of it were really interesting. And, and you can look it up online. It's a very fascinating study. There was actually a great TED Talk that was done about it as well, about trends in TV watching and what it speaks about the values of a culture. But I did think it was very interesting that in this culture, in 21st century America, the reality TV show is the popular It's one of the most popular mediums. And what's interesting about reality TV, if you've ever taken the time to watch it, and I don't know that I necessarily would, is that reality TV isn't really reality. Because when you think about the premise, I mean, like, like, like Duck Dynasty, and I, you know, listen, we're all redneck here in, in, in Vantucky, so we like, we like Duck Dynasty like the next group of people. But I mean, when was the last time you found guys who were multimillionaires with big beards because they made duck calls? I mean, it's just not reality. Anybody here got a multi-million dollar duck calling business? Didn't think so. Or you have something like the Kardashians. <laughs> you guys are funny. I mean, like, what's normal about the Kardashians? Nothing, right? There's, like, it, it doesn't even look like reality. And now you have all these new shows. Like, I remember when reality TV shows began with the real world on MTV. I was in high school at the time. And you move all these people from different backgrounds into an all-expense-paid apartment in the city, and you film what goes on. That's just not normal. What was You guys were like, I wish it was normal, right? You just move me in, pay all my bills, send me out. I mean, the Jersey Shore, popularizing my people. 
I mean, like the folks from the Jersey Shore had an all-expense-paid trip to Italy, of all places, where all they did was party and have drama. See, reality TV isn't really reality. It just has the illusion of reality. And then know what the problem is for the average person? We start to think that our lives are supposed to look like that. But reality, for you and I, is the same as it's been for all humans, for all of history. Maybe the details are different, but the human condition is the same. The human condition is the same. And that's the thing. We have a tendency, you and I, and really people of all generations, to mistake the unique details of our reality to being, this is what life is really all about. But it's just the details. The big picture stuff is always the same. You know, I was thinking about this as a, as a church. The reality for Crossroads this morning is right now, there is a lot of people here in the sanctuary. There's all those folks in the chapel. We see you guys over there. There's probably 75 people in another venue right here on our campus, right now, watching. And for our internet audience, there's probably 200 people watching online. Could you imagine telling a pastor 50 years ago that when you're preaching in your church, there's going to be 200 people watching over a computer and people watching in another room? See, but church has always been the same, even though the details are different. And today's message from the book of Ecclesiastes, it's going to deal with reality. What is true about us? And what's important about this is that in the midst of our details, and all of our details are our own, they're real, they have emotions wrapped up with it, we're going to find that God, when God is included in your reality, things become beautiful. So open up in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. As we continue this, you only live one series, YOLO, through the book of Ecclesiastes. It's very easy to find the book of Ecclesiastes. The single largest book in your Bible is the book of Psalms. 150 songs. That's what Psalms are. They're songs. 150 sets of lyrics for you. Got Psalms. Then you have the book of Proverbs. 31 Proverbs. One for every day of the month. It's wisdom literature. You need wisdom every day. Read a proverb every day. On the first day of the month, read the first proverb. Second day of the month, second. You do that your whole life, you will grow. You will grow. And then after Proverbs is the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, if you've been studying with us through Ecclesiastes, we've made the case that the book of Ecclesiastes is a pretty pessimistic book. It's kind of a bummer. I mean, the theme of the book is vanity of vanities. Everything's vanity, which means everything is a bummer. That's the theme of the book. And you can imagine 12 chapters of this, you're like, Pastor Daniel, can't we get to some joyful things? But the beauty of the way the Spirit inspired the writing of Ecclesiastes is we had two chapters of a bummer, and now chapter three is like a, a break of sun in the midst of a rainy season. Because in chapter three of Ecclesiastes, now the writer to Ecclesiastes starts to factor God back into the equation. We were making the case that when you just look at what's going on under the sun, the plight of humanity outside of God, it's very bleak. But now chapter 3 comes in, and God is reintegrated into the message. And there's beautiful things here. So, so look at this. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, picking up in verse 1. It says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, 
and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Now, as I read that to you, those of you who are either lovers of music or who've been around for a few trips around the sun on the earth, this passage was made popular by a band called The Birds, a song called Turn, Turn, Turn. You guys remember that one? It's a great song. But what does it mean? You know, things made for great lyrics, but what does it mean? What this means for us is that there are seasons in life. There are seasons in life. That's the human reality. The human reality, your and my reality, is that life has seasons to it. Just the way right now we're in the middle of winter, and it doesn't quite seem like it because it's not raining, and it's 60 degrees every day. And people from Florida and the Southeast are jealous of our beautiful weather right now. That doesn't normally happen. But there's winter and then there's spring and there's summer and there's fall. Just the way our globe has seasons, our lives have seasons. And so much of the hurt and pain that we feel as humans comes from the fact that we have a hard time accepting the season that we're in. And this section of this is meant to remind us that as human beings, it is not always summertime. It is not always time of prosperity. It's not always easy. It's not always peacetime. And we struggle with that, don't we? We feel that it should always be easy. Everything should be flowing. That there should never be any cloudy days or rainy days. It just should be sunny all the time. But you and I know, especially those of us who've been around the block a few times, you never grow the most on the sunny days. You never do. It's when things are hard, when things don't make much sense, when the season maybe isn't the preferred season, that that exponential growth in our heart happens. And what you find for, notice, because it begins quite simply, to everything there is a season, verse 1, a time for every purpose under heaven. It's saying that in your life, your life here on this earth, There's a purpose for every season. God is getting at something. And for you and I, the key is to learn how to keep God at the center no matter what the season is. And for many of us, we struggle with that, right? When things are good, things are good. We're happy. Everything's easy. And in the times of blessing, most of us, our heart strays from God a little bit. Because everything's good. So, I mean, why do we need God? It's good. And then things get bad, and then we don't understand what's going on. And once we use all of our resources to try and make sense about it, we come back to God. And then we feel bad that we strayed in the good times. 
But the beauty is, is every time you and I find our way back, he's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been here for you. And God isn't saying, oh, yeah, you left, so, you know, I'm done with you. You unfriended me on Facebook, so no more soup for you. God isn't that way. But the key for you and I is no matter good or bad, no matter blessing nor barrenness, for you and I to learn how to keep God at the center, to say, God, in the blessings, thank you, Lord. And Lord, in the times of dryness, thank you, Lord. That's what faith is all about, isn't it? And let's be honest, what's the hardest part about walking by faith? You got to walk by faith. It's, hard, it's not easy. And we're all, as the people of God, we're learning this together. We're learning how to travel blessings and struggles together. So if you go down each one of these, they're, they're designed to be paradox, like either side of the aisle. It begins, quite simply, the boundary of life under the sun. There's a time to be born and a time to die. That's real right there. That's life under heaven. But you have to remember, and we're going to get to this, you have to remember that this life is not the only life there is. There's an old saying that if you're born once, you're going to die twice. And if you're born twice, you're going to die once. Let me explain that to you. If you're born once, just physically, you're going to die at some point. Your life on this earth is going to end. And you're going to, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to receive the second death, which is eternal separation from the God who created and sustained everything. If you're born once, you die twice. But if you're born twice, you die once. Which means if you're born physically, you are going to die physically. But if you're born again on this side of eternity, you'll live forever. Although you'll die, you will live again. But life and death is the lot of all of us. And if you're here today and you've never put your... That phrase being born again, that's a, that's a weighted term because it's got a lot of baggage to it today. It literally means that I am saying, God, I am coming to you to be reborn spiritually. Spiritually speaking, we need to be made brand new again. You say, Lord, my life was what it was. I need to be reborn again. I need a fresh start with you. And that's what it means to be born again. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you get a fresh start. You get forgiveness and grace and love and joy. For those of us who are already born again, we have to lean into our second birth often. Because we've believed in Jesus and we got born again, but it's so easy to lean into the former life. And we're constantly learning, this is who I really am. Yeah, I used to be that person. I'm not that person anymore. So there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And then notice you have these next three pairs are various human activities that speak to us of either establishing or undermining. Look what it says. A time to plant or a time to pluck up. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. So you notice it's this, you're either establishing or you're undermining. So you're either planting or you're harvesting. You're either killing or you're healing. You're either breaking down or you're building up. And there's times for all of that. I would love to do a whole message just on these because there's so much in them if you think about them. Things like, well, why would there be a time to break down? Well, some of us have walls in our hearts to God and to other people. 
You need to break that baby down. Just the way Gideon broke down his father's idols. And there's a time to see, there's things, there's some things we need to undo. We need to undermine certain realities in our own heart. Learn behaviors. Maybe you were raised and you, and you have strong racial inequality tendencies. You need to break those things down because we're creating the image and likeness of God. Everybody was. They may not know it, but they were. So there's a time for all these things. There's a time to establish and there's a time to undermine, depending on what it is. Now, from there, we move to human emotions, verses 4 and 5. There's a time to weep, there's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn, and there's a time to dance. Now, it's interesting. The first set are private emotions, weeping and laughing, and then the next set is public emotions, which is mourning and dancing. So, in our experiences, in our reality as human beings, there's going to be time to be born and to die, the beginning and the end of that. There's going to be times to establish and undermine. There's going to be the whole range of human emotions. I mean, the Apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know what I like about the, the, the range of human emotions under heaven is that we're coming out of a season, and I'm grateful for it, Christianity kind of became pretty plastic for a long time. Like where, like, if you're crying at a funeral, someone says, oh, well, you got to trust in the Lord, like as if Jesus didn't weep at Lazarus' tomb. It's like Christianity took on this veneer of we have it all together, which isn't really Christianity. It's more just American culture in that time, which says you have to put on a power suit, a power tie. You have to have a, a chiseled chin and never let them see you sweat. And that's not anywhere in your Bible. The difference between our weeping and the weeping of someone who isn't born again is that our weeping is hope-laden. Our heart breaks because of the loss, but we hope in an eternal afterlife, that we know it's not the end. It's not like, yeah, they're just in the ground, food for worms, never to be heard of again. That's what you believe if you don't believe in Jesus. Yeah, man, his body, fertilizer. But that's not the truth, because there's going to be a resurrection of the body. See, for you and I, God doesn't want us to be inhuman. He wants us to be truly human. And being, we should weep at loss. We should weep at sinfulness and broken. We should weep at our own brokenness. She said, blessed are those who mourn for what? They shall be comforted. See, when you are willing to say, this is real, and then God can bring comfort, when you only say, Lord, I'm sick, then the physician comes. We're coming out of a season where our culture was very plastic, very surfacy. It's not real. Real life is that there's a time for both, both publicly and privately. You know, and then, of course, in verse 5, you get this idea there's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of, there's a lot of dispute of exactly what that's about. Some people say it's about when a building breaks down, you get rid of all the rocks, and then you gather stones to build a house again. It could also be a reference to preparing for war, because rocks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go watch the Lord of the Rings movies. Rocks have been a, a form of ammunition in primitive aspects of war for a long, long time. So there's different, but the idea is that there is this time for these different things under heaven. Now in verse 6, it says, a time to gain 
and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sew back up again, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. You get a number of these pairs are about possessions. There's times to gain and there's times to lose. What that tells you is you shouldn't stress out over your 401k or the stock market. That's what it tells you. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. That's what happens. There's going to be times of a lot of business. There's going to be times of no business. There's a time to, to gain. There's a time for it to lose. It's the normal progression of human life. And for us, we need to learn how to trust God, whether it's up or down, whether I have more work than I know what to do with or whether I have no work and I don't know what to do. Either way, there's a time for both of them. There's a time to keep and there's a time to throw away. We need to learn that one, don't we? Some of us need to take out the trash in our own lives, don't we? How often do we keep trash around? Things that are rotting in our midst, but we hold on to them because we, we're used to them being there. There's also a time to keep. We live in a disposable culture. So we need to say, God, should I be keeping this or should I be getting rid of this? There's a time to tear and to sow. Notice the middle of verse 7. There's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. Do you realize sometimes the most powerful thing you can say is nothing? Just being there with somebody? That's one of the things I always talk with young pastors. My pastor was an amazing man. He used to say to me, Daniel, there's just sometimes they just need you to be there. You don't, don't, get, don't have the answer. You don't have the answer. Just be there. Be willing to be present without trying to fix everything. Talk about freeing you up. When you don't know what to say, don't say anything. There's a time to be silent. And there's a time to speak. There's a time to open up your mouth and say, hey, this is what I understand. This is what I believe God is doing. There's a season for everything. There's a time to love and there's a time to hate. That's a weird one, isn't it? Do you realize that there's some things that we're absolutely supposed to hate? God hates sin. We should also. God doesn't hate the sinner, though. And I'm grateful for that. I hope you are, too. Or else, man, we would be, it'd be, we'd be in a bad spot. We should hate our own rebellion. See, there's a season for everything in life. Time to make war. Seems weird, doesn't it? We should make war against our own sin. I heard John Owen once said, you're either killing sin or what? Sin's killing you. Either way, you're in a battle against the world, the flesh, the devil. You're fighting either way. You're either just being intentional about the warfare or you're not. So in each one of these things, there's a season. And, and my exhortation, my encouragement, my pleading is to be able to identify what season God has you in. Jesus is In today's teaching, Pastor Daniel addressed the seasons spoken of in Ecclesiastes 3. Seasons that are peaceful and flourishing, but also seasons of grief and struggle. The hope is in the purpose. God is getting at something in every season. 
We have a tendency to push God aside when we are experiencing a happy, wonderful time. The key is to cling to Him no matter the season, keeping Him at the center. Pastor Daniel covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review? You can listen to today's message again by logging on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just select today's day from the media player. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at JesusIsRealRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Jesus Is Real Radio is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue through Ecclesiastes 3, where we'll understand how people experience seasons differently depending on whether or not they're saved. In a hard season, we can still rejoice when we have faith in God's timing. You'll find out why everything that's happened in your life and what will happen is beautiful and meaningful. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series in the book of Ecclesiastes next time. Until then, may God bless.